the Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm alright, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. A social distancing tip. While the CDC urges you to avoid close contact, like hugging or shaking hands, there are other non-physical ways to say hello. Wave, wink, use sign language, salute, smile, give the peace sign, throw up an air high five, do jazz hands. Remember, stay a minimum of six feet or two arms length away from others and stay home if you can. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Another five-minute mystery. Our story takes place in Green's Gap, a small town in the Southern Cavern District. Greens Gap Hospital, Dr. Melville speaking. Doctor, doctor, there's been an accident out at Echo Cavern. Accident? What kind of accident? Two men were exploring and they got lost last night. One's unconscious. You better come quick before he's dead. I hope you know how to get out to Echo Cavern, man. Well, with the job of being town constable and ambulance driver, I reckon I know all there is to know about these parts. Ever been in the cavern, man? Once, Doc Melville, when I was a boy. Nearly got my hide tanned off by my paw. Echo Cavern's a mite treacherous place. You mean it's easy to get lost in it? Not only that, Doc. It's that cavern gas carbine. Mm, something. You mean carbon dioxide? Yeah, that's it. All of a sudden, you run into some of that stuff, and before you know it, bing, you're out. Still, people seem to be going uh, exploring in there. More fools to be. I wouldn't go into them caverns. At least... Till I was not without a dog. A dog? What for? Well, if a dog keels over, then you know the gas is collecting. I'm afraid, Mr. Gaddy, your friend is dead. Oh, poor Patsy. It wasn't from the gas, was it, Doc? That's what it looks like to me. Why'd you go into that cavern anyway? Patsy asked me to. We'd never seen a cave before. How far did you go in? Well, it didn't seem very far, but all of a sudden we lost our way. Where was that? Well, how do I know whereabouts it was if we was lost? We tried to trace our way back, but it was no use. Patsy started to get scared. It's kind of funny to see a big guy like that get scared. Yeah, he is rather big, isn't he? Yeah, six foot four. The mob used to call us Mutt and Jeff. And then what happened? Well, I was a little scared myself, but we stuck together. You know, walking in the dark with only my flash from the car. All of a sudden, Patsy killed over. From the gas? Yeah, that's what I figured. His head hit on a rock, and I guess that just about finished him off. I suppose you reckon yourself pretty lucky, mister. Yeah, sure. I figure it's because I'm only five foot three that I got out of there alive. Gas must have been just about a foot over my head. Yeah? And what do you think about that, Doc Melville? 
I think you better arrest Mr. Gotti for the murder of his friend Patsy. What was the flaw in Gaddy's story? Do you know it? In a moment, we'll hear from Lem and Dr. Melville. And now, let's see whether you're as observant as Lem and the doctor. Hey, copper, let me put my hands down. They're tired. When you're in Green Gap's jail, not before. I don't get it. It was a good story. I still can't figure out how you found out. Lem tells me they used to take dogs in the cavern because the gas is heavier than air. It collects on the floor. If you really meant gas, you would have keeled over first, before your pal Patsy. Well, what do you know? I tell you, nowadays in this murder racket, you need a college education. Another five-minute mystery. This five-minute mystery featured the voices of Rhonda Groves Young, Randy Zimmerman, Sean Cantwell, and yours truly, Tom Sumner. Stay tuned to the Tom Sumner Program for future mini-mysteries. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. My guests, that's right, guests this hour, are uh, PC and Kristen Cast, the uh, co-authors of a best-selling series, the House of Night Otherworld series. They've just completed Found, which is uh, book four and the culmination of the series. And they uh, join me by phone, PC Cast and, or Cast and Kristen Cast. Welcome to the show. Thank you both for being here. Thank you for having us, Tom. It's our pleasure. Okay, why does one get to be PC and one doesn't? (laughs) (laughs) You have a name name that's really impossible for anyone like under the age of 80 to spell, and you decide to use your initials. (laughs) Well, I was going to ask if that was... um, if that was a generational thing, because a lot of women authors used their initials in the past, and I wondered if that was, uh, you know, a, a, a business yes. decision, and and if it's different now. Yes, it was a business decision um, back twenty years ago. Um, I I was first published in fantasy, and. Um, 
that's uh, that weighed heavily on why I chose to use my initials. But also, my name is it's Phyllis Christine Cast, PC Cast, and um, there is the spelling issue with Phyllis. So, I thought that I had overcome that when I used PC, and then Kristen started <laughs> working with me, and people misspell her name constantly. So <laughs> it didn't really help. <laughs> well, well, uh, PC, what did you? What did you do? Did you switch the I and the Y around in Phyllis? What? Um, no, people can't How ever spell this. Think it's spelled? Yeah. P H Y L L I S. Oh, see, that's, oh, that's wonderful. Correct. <laughs> that's perfect people spell it all kinds of crazy ways I, I have a friend I, actually I have a friend named Phyllis see people who can spell it correctly usually do know a Phyllis and you know, there aren't very many of us but well done you well done <laughs> um, now PC you've been writing fantasy fiction for a long time but Kristen mm-hmm. You're the one that has the fascination with the paranormal. No. Yes, I. Yes, that's. Yeah, that's yes. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah. We both. We both kind of do. Yes, we both do. But yeah, I'm sorry, Kristen. Go ahead. <laughs> it's interesting because I like absolutely love everything paranormal. Yet when I write by myself, I do not write paranormal. See, that's why I said that, because that's, yeah. that's what I was thinking of immediately. Um, yeah. That I was like, no, but when she writes by herself, she doesn't ever write paranormal. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's funny. But I just, I mean, I love it. Um, Ghost tours, television, movies, anything paranormal, give it to me. Just just another little parenthetical PC. Um, my friend Phyllis, everybody calls her Pixie. Oh. <laughs> I love it. I like that, too. Just so you know. Anyway, um, how long have you been doing the um, the series, the House of Night Other World series? Uh, well, the original House of Night series, I started writing it in 2005. The first book, Marked, was published in 2007. And then in 2016, Kristen, um, <laughs> Kristen said... Are you realizing next year is the 10th anniversary of, of the House of Night? I was like, nope. And she said, I think you should write something. And I was like, okay. And then I tried to figure out what I could write that wouldn't be a book because I was, like, writing other things then. And I couldn't figure that out. So I can't ever just tell a story in one book. So when I said, okay, I'll write a book, I really meant four. So that's how that, that's <laughs> Did- how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> was it meant to be four, or was it intended to be a trilogy, and you got to the end and said, but wait, there's more? No, it was meant to be four. We titled them at the very beginning, Love, Lost, Forgotten, and Found. So I knew I had four books to write. And I, I was reading some, some somewhere about you, and, and, and the phrase was, uh, they were writing about vampires before vampires were cool. Um, it's very true, yeah. Mm-hmm. How How is that true? I've always thought vampires were cool. Well, I've always thought vampires were cool, too. But um, we, we started writing about the same time that Twilight um, began releasing. And 
I that think vampires kind of, became cool then for young adults. Yes, that's what, was, that's what I was searching like, for. And Rice and Bram Stoker, and you had these like adult novels and literature and movies about vampires, but there wasn't really anything that captivated the the younger audience's attention in the same kind of way. And so, I think that's what people refer. That's what they're referring to when they say before vampires were cool. Were cool. Yeah. What is it about writing um, stories surrounding the supernatural um, and, and of course, uh, vampires being a part of that supernatural, paranormal kind of uh, word or world? Um, what is it about writing in that genre that is rewarding to you? I think I like it because it's limitless possibilities. You know, um, my vampires live can live to be like 500, and that 500 years old, and that gives you so many possibilities if you're alive for centuries. And also add in, House and I has a lot of earth-based magic, add in magic, and it's just, it's, it's a fun, they're fun stories to tell. And it's... Um are there characters do characters have counterparts in the real world and the other world yes it's the other world is a it's like a mirror world so they're they're the same characters um this is a great writing exercise too um take a character that you've written that you've already created and who has a complete story and then go back to the beginning of the creation of that character and put the same type of person, the same personality foundation in another character who has completely different things happen to him or her as she's growing up and see what, what the end result is, see what kind of person that changes the character from one to another. I, it, was just, it was very interesting for me to write it. Kristen, is it uh, is it strange or or difficult in any way writing with your mother? <laughs> no, there was a. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Laughing in the background. <laughs> there was a little learning curve at the beginning because PC, when she writes, in order to get back into her world, she she rewrites. So she would send me a few chapters. And I would start working on them, and then she would call me and say, okay, don't read, don't read those. I've changed them. I'm going to send them to you. And I would say, okay. And then I would get the new chapters, and <laughs> she would call me and say, don't work on those. I've yeah. changed them. I'm going to send them to you. And I finally got to the point where I said, I can't work under these conditions. And that's when we decided that she would write the whole draft, and then she would send it to me. But it's always been the two of us, and we, it was a seamless transition. We never... There were never any issues. Mm-mm. No, I respect. I think that that uh, our, our especially our working relationship is based on respect, and I value Kristen's opinion as an editor. And I know she has a great editorial eye. So um, I try to put my ego aside and forget that she's asking me to cut my words <laughs> and just, just soldier on. I just soldier on. <laughs> 
More with PC and Kristen Cast straight ahead. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Tom Sumner Program is hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the Briggs. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us, at 810-339-8255 or contact us on Facebook or Twitter. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner program where to go. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. I was telling you a little while ago about my wife, and I don't want you to be confused, but we were, I've been married more, more than once. In fact, I've been married three, three times. But my first two wives each died a very tra- tragic death. My first wife died from eating po- poisoned mushrooms. And my second wife died from a fractured skull. She wouldn't eat her mushrooms. 
ladies and gentlemen, this is Bob Hope back once again to tell you it's better to have Pepsi than flowing over your teeth now than to have water running under your bridge later. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with PC and Kristen Cast straight ahead. Well, I would think in some ways that would be a friendlier uh, first um, first edit. Oh God, no! She's real mean. Okay. Really? <laughs> no, she. Yeah, because because I'm her mom, and we can we we um you know we're so close that she'll just and plus she uses our family speak in the manuscripts and her comments so sometimes on the side she highlights a section and she says no just no phyllis (laughs) i know know exactly what she's talking about (laughs) and then it's like i have to give i have to give her the same you know normally i would i would say here's here's what i don't like you know what i i not really drawn to about this passage and here's why and here are several ways to fix it and this is why I think that you should use these ways and I do that sometimes but other times I'm just like this part was not good <laughs> <laughs> and she'll be, she'll be like these I just don't even know where these people are they're just talking floating heads where are these people <laughs> oh that's funny so PC you write a draft you send it to Kristen mm-hmm. and she goes through mm-hmm. And she edits and, you know, probably does some switching things out and and some Mm -hmm. treatments to various sections. And then it's all done. Then does it go to editors at the publisher? And and Kristen, then are you bothered when they start changing your changes? Oh, they don't. They (laughs) Kristen doesn't. our our um our not professional editors because Kristen also has edited profes- professionally. The second editor that comes in behind Kristen um, never actually changes anything that I write. Editors, you know, editors don't really do that. Kristen will once in a while she'll she'll go ahead and change and move things around, but that's because she and I also write together, and so she knows she can slip into my voice, and I also trust her implicitly about that um the the second editor that comes in um mostly the house of night books go straight to um production because they're so tightly edited when Kristen sees them when after Kristen gets done with them because when she gets done with them i i don't just turn that into our new york or or our blackstone editor um i rewrite then i completely rewrite the manuscript after Kristen gets it and, and I'm not bothered. I'm not. I don't. I'm not bothered by anyone else um, doing anything to it because I. I always believe that books are made better through this process, and I appreciate that there's someone else to go and catch things that PC and I haven't already seen. Yeah, we often are like um, not sure. You will be like, oh, I wonder if that part of this chapter works, but we know that we have a safety net. Um, by another editor who comes in behind Kristen, who we can we can bounce things off of too. And so if we've questioned a passage, and then this next editor also questions the passage, we know oh that has to be changed or pulled out or or something. Um, I, I find this fascinating. Um, are there? I, I'm trying to think if there are any other mother and daughter 
writing teams. I've talked to a number of successful writers who, because their publishing schedule accelerated or something that that started writing with a partner started co-writing some of the things that they put out mary higgins clark comes to mind she did write a couple of things with her daughter she wrote her yeah i was going to say her she wrote with her daughter carol yeah who else Kristen? Mm-hmm. oh yeah her daughter oh, carol no, yeah um yeah. um ann tyler who is who's actually my cousin she and her daughter have collaborated on on some children's books, some picture books. Um, I can't. There aren't very many, though. Yeah, I was trying to think. It's it. it I would think it would be uh, a little bit tough because um, you know you have to you have to put your feelings aside and and focus on the work and sometimes i i would think that would be difficult for family to do are you in close proximity to each other or um is is this all something that's done online you send a, a file and back and forth that way no we 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 both live in portland i live on one side of the river she lives on the other side of the river and <laughs> we we do things virtually once the, once we have, um, well, when we write together, we do things virtually while we're writing after we have the book outlined. And we have to outline, we plot the whole book, and then we outline it chapter by chapter. And when we do that, we're together. We call it sandwich day. Kristen uh-huh. comes over, and we order sandwiches, and then we work over here. But when we do the actual writing, we're, we're not physically together. And, and how... Um have you always worked at home and and has any of this uh uh the stay at home orders or anything impacted the the way you work and and what's happening with your work (laughs) not me but Kristen, yes (laughs) i usually write at a coffee house um the stack that's not far from where i live and Right now, I can't. So, and I have a toddler, and it's hard to write with a toddler in your house. So, I've actually, I have an SUV, <laughs> and I open up the back of it, and I have car office. I put <laughs> car office. That's funny. And the uh, like blankets to sit on, and I order the little tiny like lap desk, and I write in the back of my car, and accidentally scare my neighbors when they walk by. <laughs> we talk about her office now. <laughs> we talk about her really short commute. Okay, she yeah. by going to work now walks outside to car office. <laughs> well, parenthetically, I back in January I closed my studio and brought all my gear home and set up a studio at home, thinking you know that well this is going to be really cool, and now everybody's working from home, <laughs> right. Yeah, I have a my my bottom floor of my house. I have a three story house, and the bottom floor is my whole office suite. And um, I'm grateful for my expansive office suite. Uh, I will never take it for for granted again. Um, you know, now now that everyone has well, a lot of people are working from their their homes. I'm glad that I already had that set up. Or I could just go out to car office and do that. There you go. <laughs> I can take car office anywhere. Right. <laughs> it's hell when it's raining, though. Do, do you take car office on sandwich day? Or, or I should say sandwich day. 
told me. <laughs> she, PC told me that I could park it in her driveway, and she lived her house backs to like a nature preserve. And she said, you know, you can stare at the trees. But mm-hmm. I have a car office in the forest anywhere. Yeah, I could take car office all sorts of places. I need to start doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure my neighbors would appreciate it. <laughs> Do you have? Do you get the opportunity? Not so much now because of well, you know, COVID. But um, do you have you had an opportunity throughout the the run of this series to meet and interact with fans? Oh God, yeah. We usually tour extensively, and we've been you know, like we were really looking forward to. BookCon and Book Expo again this year. Um, yeah, we've we've toured all over the United States, Germany, France, Amsterdam, Copenhagen, oh, uh, all over. We've been all over, and we love we love touring and and talking to our fans. This is our tour this time. We're virtually touring. <laughs> yeah, this it's is like our car office. It's not it's, a long a long commute. <laughs> yeah, I always say I I just I go down the hall and that's my morning commute. Yeah, I go downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> um, when you're when you're interacting with fans, um, are they comfortable enough uh, with the two of you and and with the characters and and the series to make suggestions? Like what they would like to see happen? Yeah. Do people? Sometimes they do. Sometimes they have. Yeah. Um, they they talk to us about everything, though. I mean, we've had fans. Any more questions? Yeah. About you know what happened? What happened to these characters, or why did you kill that person? Mm-hmm. Um, which is actually where the House of Night Other Worlds came from. Not only was it a tenth anniversary celebration, but since the end of the original House of Night series in 2014 and the release of the House of Night Otherworld in 2017, we'd been getting lots of questions. You yeah. know, what happened to Zoe Redburn, our heroine? Like, what happened to her siblings? And could you ever bring Jack back? And PC listened mm-hmm. and answered all of those questions in the Otherworld novels. I think of it as like uh, four four big long love letters back to our fans. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> That's nice. Um, have you had the situation occur where where you had the opportunity to say, "See, we should have left that section in." <laughs> <laughs> No, well, I would like to, but probably it's no, it's better to come out. So <laughs> I always think that my words are perfect when I get done with them. I'll tell Kristen I, I write every I write at night, and Kristen does not write at night because she, you know, has a toddler. And um, so when I get done writing, I always like send her a little. I text her like a little update, and it's always like, oh my god, that scene was so good. It was just so good. <laughs> I wake up she, in the morning and I have, she says it's a little update, but it's this really long paragraph about yeah. just how wonderful the writing <laughs> is going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sort of warning her in advance, please don't change this. <laughs> <laughs> she does 
doesn't listen to that, though. No. <laughs> well, and 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 it wouldn't be right if she did. Um, that's yeah. that, as you pointed out earlier. You know that the editing process. I think more books are rewritten than actually written. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, Anne Lamont said writing is rewriting. That's for sure. Yeah. So now that this uh, other world is is coming to a close, is there another world? Well, I left a big door open for a spinoff to the spinoff, but we will be taking a break from the House of Night um, novels to focus on the House of Night TV series. And also, Chris and I are writing a new series together, and then we're also writing separate series solo. So we're going to focus on all that stuff first. With the advent of of a TV series based on the books, um, do you participate in the writing or is that just a, a very different kind of writing that that you no, don't want to do um we we i i did i worked very closely with the screenwriter and i plan on working closely chris and i both plan well i did the writing so i'm i'm usually the one they go to um for writing questions and dialogue questions and um, some of the dialogue in the in the plot, I wrote it. Um, it's yeah. I, our producers want us very intimately involved so that our fans will be happy and we'll be happy, and we're having a really great experience because of that. That's that's nice. Um, I, I was going to say, what about casting? But because of your last name, that could mean the writing. Right. Um, but. <laughs> But in the process of casting, do do you have pictures in in your minds of what you think these characters should and and, and could look like? Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, the the kids um, were Kristen, the producers, and I were all on the same page about that. We want um, mm-hmm. unknown, fresh faces. And they will be doing open casting calls, and it's going to be so much fun. It's going to be fantastic. But then the adult, you know, adult characters, we'd like to bring in some star power. Like, there is a particular character. The entire time I created him, Kelowna, um, I was thinking of um, The Rock. So, Dwayne, if you're listening, just give me a call, okay? Um. And, well, he's and he's got a great sense of humor. He'd be fun to work with, right? I see. Kristen laughs at me, but I'm like, we're going to be best friends. He and I will be best friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is that is funny. So, um, so you're going to be working on the on the TV part of it. Is it? Um, so nothing has been shot yet. No, we were right on the verge of being picked up by a network when all this happened. So, wow. And, you know, the very next step after they pick you up is casting and filming. And we can't really do either one of those things right now. So we're asking fans, you know, to call their, their or not call, but contact their favorite network to keep and say, pick up House of Night. So that we're, <laughs> keep, the buzz, keep the buzz alive. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I, I just wondered if you'd had the opportunity yet to see... Um, any anything um, 
visually no, of your thing. work because that's um, no. some some writers for some writers it's a huge thrill and for some writers it's it's a real letdown. But it sounds like oh, you're going to be, be fantastic. It sounds I'll like. Work. Go ahead, Kristen. I'll I'll just start crying whenever we see it. I will just be a snotty, sobbing mess. It's going to be so amazing. I just can't. <laughs> I just cannot wait. <laughs> yeah, we've already um, our our producers have flew, flew into Tulsa. We met them there and showed them the, all the house and I. You know, because what. What I created, I didn't create the city, it's real. And the places are real. The depot's real. The House of Nights based on uh, Kasha Hall, which is a, um, a private school. Uh, the ambassador is the ambassador. There's the Mayo Hotel. All this is real. And so they, they came in, and we took them all over, and they were like, this is all real. I'm like, I told you, okay? We said it was all real. So that's already been really cool. But the, but we're, I'm, I'm completely looking forward to it. I don't have any trepidation about it. I'm not fearful about it. I'm not worried at all. Our producers respect us, and they're big fans of the House of Night. So I know that, that they're going to do a wonderful job. PC, are you from Oklahoma originally? I wasn't born in Oklahoma, but Oklahoma's my home state. That's, I was born in Illinois and started visiting Oklahoma where my uncle um had a, a cattle ranch still has a cattle ranch in um southern oklahoma and i started visiting when i was 11 so i'm a transplant that took gotcha root. because i it it just struck me as weird when i saw tulsa mentioned in uh, in the in the book and and i thought i tulsa is not a place i think of when I think vampires. Right, but now you do, see? Yeah. Mission accomplished. <laughs> no, it just it just seemed like an unusual place uh for vampires to occur. I don't know why, but I don't yeah, know. Some... It's the highest like it's yeah. Because you oh, think more did... of like cowboy stuff probably, but but Well that's part of it. But the other thing but but the other part of it is I I think of um, vampires, and of course, this is going back to you know the the Bella Lugosi days. But I think of them as being somewhat urbane. Well, Tulsa's urban. Yeah, but I but I but I think of super cool city. But I think of New York, Los Angeles. You know the 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 big cities, the um, the the really diverse cities for some reason and it's just it's it's actually kind of a silly bias and but it, but it threw me a little when i saw tulsa i thought oh vampires in tulsa reminds me of when i saw the movie um uh, cowboys and aliens <laughs> i don't know if you've ever seen that movie but it's surprisingly good hmm? um he's also put set the House of Night series in Tulsa because it's in the middle of the Bible Belt, and we really like the idea of creating a matriarchal pagan society and setting it in that Bible Belt and the conflicts that would arise from that. Yep. Well, and and that that actually makes a lot more sense in terms of context because, you know, where better to struggle with good and evil? Yeah, the yeah. Um, 
the main theme of the house of night running through the other world and the original books is acceptance and and tolerance and um that's highlighted very dramatically um with the difference between a a matriarchy a pagan matriarchy and the patriarchal um narrow-minded um conservative christian view that you see such hypocrisy about in the in the bible belt and so it's been a lot of fun to you know put those two things face to face and then see what comes out of them that see now i want to get a t-shirt that says vampire lives matter right (laughs) for a really long time anyway um all all kidding aside um the the series is phenomenal and um and it's multi-generational, not just the series, but the authors as well. And what a treat talking with you both. I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about the books you've, about these books, but, but the other books and other projects that you're working on. Do you guys have a website? Yeah, definitely. Um, PC is on Facebook and Twitter at PCCastAuthor, and her website is PCCastAuthor.com. I am on Instagram at KCastAuthor, and my website is KCastAuthor.com. Well, and uh, House of Night has its own Facebook page. Just look oh, cool. for the little blue check. Okay, cool. Well, thank you both. It was uh, an honor and a privilege to, to chat with you. Thank you. That was so much fun. We appreciate you so much. All right. Take care. Thank Bye-bye. you. That was uh, PC Cast and uh, her daughter Kristen. They worked together on the uh, best-selling uh, series. Um, let me get let me get it right because um, it's a, a four-book series. This is actually the second time there's been a House of Night series. This is House of Night Otherworld, and the fourth uh, novel in the series is called Found by PC Cast and. Kristen Cast PC is uh, has been awarded the prestigious Oklahoma Book Award as well as the Prism Award, the Laurel Wreath, the Holt Medallion, and more. And uh, they live in uh, Portland. And uh, we'll we'll leave it at that. And uh, I hope you uh, get a chance to check out the book. We are going to move on now to uh, more of the Tom Sumner program right after this.
This is the Unknown Comic. And guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now. And now. And now, too. And even now. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. Take the following everyday steps to help avoid the spread of all respiratory viruses. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue. Throw the tissue away and then wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects or surfaces, such as remote controls and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And stay home if you are sick. Call your health care provider if you develop fever, cough, or difficulty breathing. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. They say singing can help you remember things, so here's some tips for parents out there during these tough times. Number one. Make sure your kids wash their hands for 20 seconds after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside. Two. Virtual play dates, social and physical distancing can help save lives. Three. Tell them they're safe and show your love and pride. Yes, we'll get through this together. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the Briggs. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255 or contact us on Facebook or Twitter. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner program where to go. Do you have feelings of inadequacy? Do you suffer from shyness? Do you sometimes wish you were more assertive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, ask your doctor or pharmacist about tequila. Tequila is the safe, natural way to feel better and more confident about yourself and your actions. Tequila can help ease you out of your shyness and let you tell the world that you're ready and willing to do just about anything. You'll notice the benefits of tequila almost immediately. And with a regimen of regular doses, you can overcome any obstacles that prevent you from living the life you want to live. Shyness and awkwardness will be a thing of the past, and you'll discover many talents you never knew you had. Stop hiding and Start living with tequila. Tequila may not be right for everyone. Women who are pregnant or nursing should not use tequila. However, women who wouldn't mind nursing or becoming pregnant are encouraged to try it. Side effects may include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, incarceration, erotic lustfulness, loss of motor control, loss of clothing, loss of money, loss of virginity, delusions of grandeur, table dancing, headache, dehydration, dry mouth, and a desire to sing karaoke and play all night rounds of strip poker, truth or dare, and naked twister. Warning, the consumption of alcohol may make you think you're whispering when you're not. Is a major factor in dancing like a retard. May cause you to tell your friends over and over again that you're in love with them. Also may cause you to think you can sing. Alcohol may lead you to believe that ex-lovers are really dying for you to telephone them at four in the morning. Alcohol may make you think you can logically converse with members of the opposite sex without spitting. It may create the illusion that you are tougher, smarter, faster, and better looking than most people. And it may lead you to think people are laughing with you. 
alcohol may cause pregnancy, and it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked. So what are you waiting for? Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila! I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone... I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. But old Weird Harold and I, old Weird Harold, we called him that because he was 6'9", weighed 50 pounds. We used to use him to get the football out of the sewer. We used to go to every horror picture in the world. I'm telling you, right now, we would go and we would see Frankenstein. We'd walk 100 miles to see Frankenstein. And mind you, we never saw the monster once. Never saw him once, because we were too scared to look at him. And we had the best seats in the movie. We used to sit right up front. I mean, right up front. That's where you can see everything. You just look right up front there. And we'd say to each other, you going to look at the monster this time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, don't lie now. If you're not going to look at him, say that. You might as well get right on the floor now if you're not going to look at him. You didn't look at him the last time. Yes, I did. Don't lie. Put it on. Oh, look out. That's where we stayed for 12 days. Used to go home with 100 black juji fruits all on our backs. Yeah. So... My mother, we used to stay over and over and over trying to get to see the monster, but we couldn't do it. We were too scared. And my mother used to come for me. Would you come home? Get up off the floor and come home. You know, and the guys would rise. Hey, cuz, your mom came for you again. You shut up. So my mother said one day, she said, I'm not coming for you. That's all. You know, you'll come home yourself. Walk on the Ninth Street Bridge in the dark by yourself if you don't know how to come home. Oh, mom, you'll come home for us. So... We were watching this one picture, and it was, it was a heck of a picture. It was one of the, one of the greatest. They, they had uh, Frankenstein, Wolfman, Dracula, the Hunchback, the Mummy. Everybody was in it. And Harold and I stayed on that floor. Our eyes were closed all day. We never came up one time for air. Every time there was somebody on that screen we didn't want to see. The Mummy's in there now. Oh, we don't want to look. We don't want to look. And we sat through about 12 showings of the same picture. You gonna look this time? No, get up off the floor. No, I ain't getting up nowhere. It ain't gonna get me. So, finally, during the cartoon, I got up and I looked around. And I said, hey, Harold, there's nothing here but grown-ups. And Harold said, yeah. Because that's what he always says whenever I'm right. He's my closest friend, you know. I said, ask that man what time it is. Hey, mister, what time is it? It's 10 o'clock. Oh, Harold. Oh, Harold, we're in trouble. 10 o'clock, yeah. 10 o'clock, that's when the monsters come out. 
And my mom didn't even come for us, man. Well, she said she would, yeah, but she's supposed to come for us, man. She ain't supposed to let us go home at 10 o'clock with all the monsters out of things. Man. And we walk out of the movie crying, oh, we got out of it, 10 o'clock. Now, the walk home, Ninth Street Bridge has no lights whatsoever, which is highly, well, it's the only way to get home. And we are sick. You're talking about two scared kids just walking, you know, arm in arm, not even picking our feet up off the ground because we want to be ready. If the monster touches us, we want to be ready to jump straight up to heaven. You know, when you pick one leg up, you take a chance on going sideways. You know, and we got our leg. We're just sending our toes out six feet ahead of us like radar. Kids coming. Kids coming. And I'm telling you, really scared, ready to go any second. And I bumped into Harold. Bump. I said, Harold, did I bump into you? Harold said, no. I said, don't lie to me now, Harold. Because if I bumped into you, say that I bumped. Even if I didn't bump into you, Harold, say that I bumped into you. Because if I didn't, we're going to get eaten alive. You know that, don't you? Harold said, well, you bumped into me. I said, okay, don't lie anymore. Now, I don't know the name of the wino that came out of the alley that, that uh, emptied onto the nice street bridge. I don't even care what the guy's name is, man. All I know is that he was wrong. That's all I can say. He was pure D wrong. You just don't walk out of an alley that empties on the 9th Street Bridge without making some sort of announcement, warning little kids. Look out, little kids, coming home from the Ashton movie after seeing a whole lot of horror monsters. There's just nobody that can hurt you. It's just a little old wino. And he came out. Now, I'm sure while filling out the accident report on this man that the doctor said, what happened? I don't know. It was just four feet, ran right up my chest, danced on my head for a half hour, and then ran straight down my back, doctor. But did they say anything? Yes. They said, ah! Did you see them at all? Yes, it was a little kid riding on top of a tall skinny one, and he was beating him with a stick saying, faster, faster, you fool, you fool. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
Well, that wraps it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner Program. That was uh, my good buddy Steve McComb down in the Nashville office, and a great way to remind me to tell you to be sure and tune in tomorrow, especially at 11 o'clock for our musical guest, Raphael Banks. He's going to talk about new music, a new jazz club in Flint, and uh, what musicians are doing uh, to deal with pandemic in a new segment on Fridays I'm calling Bandemic. Bill Cosby in the Comedy Spotlight, my guests this past hour, what a delight they were, PC and Kristen Cast, authors of Found, and uh, in the hour before that, uh, Gerard Capel, um, author of Not a Gentleman's Work, and then uh, Mary Ellen, let me make sure I've got this right, um, Mary Ellen Lucas was my guest in the first hour, talking about... Uh, well, she's sort of a religious historian, but uh, anyway, interesting show to be sure. And uh, great to be back after our uh, run with the uh, with all the candidates. Don't forget, Tuesday is uh, that primary is coming up. If you have ballots that need to be mailed in, get it done. Get her done. And uh, there's smoking George Winters tickling the ivory. I just want to thank George for sending in that little bumper music thing over the weekend, or over the last couple of days. Um, appreciate it as always. But that lets me know it's time to head down the hall to the living room. But I'll be back uh, first thing in the morning in the bunker with another edition of the Tom Sumner program. So in the meantime, uh, stay safe and uh, be well. We'll. Uh, See you in the morning. Good night, everybody. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner program. And thanks for listening.